Friends, what follows is not for the faint of heart. We bring you tales of the paranormal, human wickedness, the curious, and the bizarre. Please, if you continue, proceed with caution and an open mind. We are the Queen City Creeps. And welcome to Queen City Creeps, your favorite true crime, paranormal, and all things weird podcast. I am Sarah, and I am here with Jennifer, Michael, and Shelby. Um, guys, I want to talk to you really quick about boas and pythons. The snakes? A- the snakes. I don't like those. I don't either, but we talked about them a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And Stockton also has a real fear of snakes. And I just wanted to break down the differences between the two because I didn't really know that they were different, and that made me feel dumb. Honestly, I don't know the difference either. Stockton, do you know the difference, or did you just know that they were different? I just knew they were different. Okay, I know that there are different names. They are. Yes. Shelby? I remember we had had discussed that a reticulated python and a a boa constrictor were roughly the same thing-ish, but that's all I really knew. Right. They're both constrictors. They squeeze their food to death, suffocate it, and then eat it. So, can I tell you? Can I just tell you instead of you making stuff up? No, I'm not making stuff up. Okay. I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Is that all right? (laughs) No, I want to tell it. Give it to you. Okay. (laughs) Oh, God. He's going to read, guys. He's going to (laughs) read. This is going to take a while. I can read. I promise. (laughs) Boas, pythons, and anacondas. Oh, my. What's the difference? Because boa constrictors, restrictors, reticulated pythons, and anacondas are some of the biggest snakes in the world. Many people get confused about which is which. Mm -hmm. I know I am. (laughs) I'm on the edge of this love seat. Mm -hmm. True. Proceed. That's literal. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing to note is that the anaconda is a species of boa, not a separate type of snake. So boas and anacondas are the same species. But anacondas like the water a lot more, I think. Does it say that on that paper? And I think anacondas that, are the biggest snakes in the world. The it, San, Francis, San Francisco Zoo? San Diego Zoo? San Diego Zoo is where I got that's that the from. Big one, yeah. yeah, it's the big one. That leaves two groups, the boas and the pythons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do a dramatic reading. You're not, not doing working. very well. <laughs> I wish I could speak possel tongue like Give Harry Potter does. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, there's a bunch of things that these snakes actually have in common. They are constrictors, which, Michael, yes, means that they kill their prey by wrapping it around it, and squeezing it, and suffocating it until it's dead. Point one, Michael. Good job, Michael. I wonder if when they squeeze it so hard, if the animal poops himself or poop comes out. So I read. Just, I don't know. Or no, I didn't read it. I was watching a documentary about the super pythons from like forever ago. And it said that when they squeeze it, we assume suffocation means like no air in the lungs. But it actually means that it's restricting the blood vessels in your body. So your heart explodes pretty much. So you don't smother to death. You literally have your heart blown up. See, I've always mm-hmm. I've always heard too that they wait for it to take a breath, and then whenever it exhales, they clench tighter. Tighter, which mm-hmm. I guess would also make sense with the the blood vessel thing. But I was assuming that was again just to where they couldn't get a breath back. And it might be both, but the big one I guess is the heart exploding. So it makes sense. That's uh, that's badass. That's horrible. They're yeah. also considered primitive snakes because they have two lungs. Most snakes only have one, and they also have the remnants of hind legs and pelvic bones. 
But the big differences are that pythons have one more bone in their head than boa do, boas do, and they have additional teeth, and that pythons lay eggs while boas give birth to live young. So that's hmm. the big end. So this was it the snake in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom that they cut open and like the baby slithered out and they ate it at that feast? That was boa, not a python. That is very good information to have I for know. the next time I decide to get a snake. When you yeah. want to show off to your lady friends and you're watching Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, like you do, you're like, you know what? Not a python? Not a python. In fact, it's a boa because it has live babies. Mm. Boas are more delicious. You know those um, spiders that like you stomp on? <laughs> I mean, I stomp on most <clears throat> spiders. But it's a wolf spider. Yeah, the wolf spiders, and so then their, their babies their just back. like what? spread out. It it is scary as shit. No, because no. you stop on one big one, and then like twenty. No, probably more than that. Right? Probably we like fifty it. of them. I'm just gonna like throw up. I stomped on one one oh, time. No, and the babies came out. It looked like the carpet was moving. That's yeah. how many there were. Yeah, there my wife ran out through the basement and upstairs. Wouldn't even go upstairs in the basement. She ran around the house outside to go upstairs because she's so. Freaked out by the It's horrible. Spiders. That's disgusting. It's horrible. Burn the house down. Burn it to the ground. I just vacuumed them up. Yeah. I mean, they're tiny. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then burn the vacuum? I mean... Yeah, yeah. Really. That's about all you can do. Just burn that mother to the ground. Mm-hmm. So noted, next time I'm Netflix and chilling, bring up big snakes. Yeah. Okay. I think that's... And then you, like, snuggle in on the couch because she's real scared. Right. And you can be like, it's okay, baby. Let me tell you the difference between python and boas. It's love advice gets, for me to you guys. That gets all the ladies. It does. All of them. I know what ladies like. It's fine. So, okay, cool. So this is a really long, <laughs> this is a really long, long story. So we're going to actually have to split it over two parts. Um, bear with us. So we're going to hop right in and then in the next episode, we'll give you a little bit of a synopsis. So, all right, guys, are you super excited? Yes. Super excited. <laughs> Jennifer talked about Wendigos a couple of weeks ago. It made me look up Skinwalker Legends, and Skinwalker Ranch in Utah popped up, and I had never heard of this, but it pretty much has everything that I like. Everything. Everything. Oh. Everything. Um, this part of Northeast Utah has actually been the site of UFO sightings, Sasquatch sightings, cattle mutilations, psychic weirdness, and creatures that haven't been found in any zoos or textbooks. What is psychic weirdness? You'll see. But oh, it'll okay. probably be in the next episode. Oh, that's Sorry. unfortunate. So you have to come back. Yeah, we have to wait a week to hear this, Jennifer. You know how yeah. this works. You know how we Damn hate it. things. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so the ranch that we're talking about today, like I said, is in Utah. It's a 480-acre spread. It was originally three different ranches, and when the Sherman family came in, they bought all of them. But So there's three plots of land, but there's only one house. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Um... It runs along a ridge on one side, and this is called Skinwalker Ridge, and has been called that since the Ute tribes tribes lived there. And to get to the house, there is one long dirt road, and that's the only way in or out, and this is actually really important, so don't forget it. Is that the thing that said this is important? That says this is really fucking important. It actually says this is important. Well, I don't like cursing on paper. <laughs> right. Right, that seems permanent. That this seems recording super permanent. Is so important. permanent. Supposed to be saying it. So why would you buy a place that bordered something called Skinwalker Ridge? That that doesn't bode well for me, even knowing what a Skinwalker is. <laughs> I don't well, like that word. Listen, the price was great. It was great. 
No, so here's the thing. is It's a beautiful plot of land. Like, it's exactly what you would want to have cattle raised on. Um, and it's just been called that forever. Like, the Ute tribes had this really strong belief that they were cursed. So even though people in the area have seen all sorts of shit, like, the Shermans weren't from that area, but they just saw a good price on some land and purchased it. So, okay. I, I guess I'll trust you. Already but. excited. Okay, proceed. Proceed. Um, so really quick, I wanted to talk about what skinwalkers are as to the Ute tribal leaders. Like, they don't want to talk to anybody about it. So I read this really interesting book um, by, I think his name is George Knapp. And I pulled a lot of that information from there. Um, but basically, in the religion of the Southwestern tribes, there are these witches, right? And they're known as skinwalkers because they can alter their shape at will. Um, in the Southwest, the Navajo, the Hopi, and the Utes each have their own version of the skinwalker story, but it's all the same thing. There's an evil witch, and they wear the skin of, like, a wolf or a coyote or a bear or a bird or whatever they want. And once the transformation is complete, the human witch inherits all the speed, strength, or whatever of the animal that shape was taken. So keep that in mind. Does this work with human skin? That's how I became Chris Pratt. That's actually fair. <laughs> we did cover that. That's true. Okay, so like I mentioned before, the Utes in this area take it super seriously because centuries ago, they believe the Navajo tribe cursed them. So at the center of this ranch is the at the center of the legend is this ranch, right? So that's they're not even allowed to be on the land. You can't get a Ute person to go on the land. So that's that's crazy. Hmm. Um. So this guy Terry Sherman. Bought the place in 1984, and it had been vacant for seven or eight years at the time. Um, there's been a lot of publicity about this story, and before they sold the ranch, they actually went by the fake name of Gorman. So if you look on the internet, you'll see some reports with that name. So Terry and Gwen, his wife, and their two kids walked around the house, and they saw just a ton of deadbolts were all over. They were on all the doors, all the windows. There were deadbolts on both sides of the doors, so you would deadbolt both the outside and inside. Hmm. And even the ki- kitchen cabinet had deadbolts on them. Now, and they're the, like, okay. Is the deadbolt on the outside of the door to keep something that was in the house in? On the main doors, it was on the inside and outside. And then on the kitchen, it was on the outside. And hmm. there are supposedly on the internet some pictures. I didn't find them, but... I didn't do that. So they were just like, oh, okay, this is totally normal. This is a good price. Right. We're going to be super secure in this house. It's not going to be a big deal. They probably just thought the previous owner was crazy. I think so. I mean, it was an elderly couple, you know, that had been ranching for a while. It might have just been like a a quirk of a vintage home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, pocket doors, but different. Anyway. Okay. So on the day that the family moved into the house, they saw a large wolf in the pasture beside the house. Normally you see a wolf, you're like, oh shit, I'd go inside. But the wolf just walked up across the field and sauntered right up to the family and was acting like it was their pet instead of being like a real wolf and trying to like eat their faces off. So they actually got to pet this wolf. I would not be doing that. No. But they, and they kept talking about how in everything that I read about it, that the wolf smelled really strongly of wet dog even though it hadn't been raining that day and i was like i mean it's a wild animal it's probably gonna fucking smell but 
whatevs, right? right. Mm. The, the legend of the stinky wolves of Utah. Yeah. Like, no one's ever heard that one before. No, it's got it's a probably... really good ring to it, though. It is. That'll, that'll be our next one, I guess. Okay. The wolves of stinky, stinky Utah. I don't mean it, people in Utah. It's You're a beautiful state, just so you know. It's just your filthy wolves. Your wolves smell. Okay. So, after hanging out with the family, acting like a beloved family pet for a while, the wolf just strolls over to their corral and grabs a baby cow by the face. And like What? Yeah, like grabs it by the snout or whatever and like tries to pull it through the corral bars. And the family's just like, what are you doing? So Terry and his dad like run up to this wolf with sticks and start beating this wolf with sticks. It's a giant fucking wolf and they're beating it with sticks. Bad idea. This seems okay. like poor life choice. Um, but it won't let go. Like it just is like, what are you guys doing? And then it keeps pulling on the wolf or the calf's face, right? So Terry grabs his, uh, how do I say this? 357. 357 Magnum from his truck and he shoots the wolf at point blank range and the bullet does nothing because the wolf doesn't even flinch so he shot the wolf again and then it let go of the calf but it kind of just stopped and looked at him like the hell dude like why did you just what's going on come at me bro (laughs) so he shot it two more times and he backed off a little bit the wolf did but it showed absolutely no signs of distress and it didn't bleed at all that would scare the shit out of me. Right. You got your kids there. You got your wife there and your mom and dad. And you're like, I'm going to blow this wolf away. Right. Now I've shot this wolf five times. It's not bleeding. <laughs> it's not doing anything. <laughs> Maybe I should go inside. Yeah. So. And, and lock my nine locks. Yeah. After the sixth shot, the wolf casually trotted across the field into a muddy thicket. They tracked the beast for about a, bi- a mile following its paw prints through the mud. So it's pretty visible. And all of a sudden the tracks just ended as if the wolf had vanished into thin air. Thin air. Mm. Sorry. So Terry came back to his family and they moved into the house. We'll take <laughs> it. It's totally fine. So it's Everything's big, fine. It's a big moving in day. I mean, they got some of their stuff moved in. They got a pet. Yeah. They oh, shot yeah. their pet six times. <laughs> it no. wandered into the wilderness and, and this, disappeared into the sky. And this is how Pet Cemetery got started. A few months later, uh, they have a friend visiting, right? And. he's out by himself hanging out meditating is what all the descriptions say so take that as you will smoking that sweet sneaky weed oh yeah oh yeah and this huge animal just runs across the pasture to him pasture at him um it roars and it just like scares the shit out of him he runs back to the main farmhouse leaves and never comes back but according to the friend's description it was nearly invisible uh, resembling the camouflage that the creature in the movie Predator uses. This was the early 90s, so, you know, that's probably part of it. Yeah, that reference was topical at the time, so exactly. that's always good. Exactly. Um, but he has never since been back to the ranch. Like, he just refused to go back out there. Hmm. So. You can tell by its distinct sh- What is it? Shimmer. Shimmer. It? The yeah. shimmer. The shimmer or shudder with Predator. I've shimmer. actually never seen Predator. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Is it? I don't think I have either. Isn't there one that Adrian Brody's in? Yeah. <laughs> he He's my type, though. That pretty quick. That, that, wasn't exactly the, that, that wasn't exactly the good Predator. Yeah. So. Oh, I love Adrian Brody. You can watch that one on your own time, but we're watching Predator at some point. Okay, that's fine. All right. Uh, they also saw a bunch of exotic, multicolored birds that were not native to the region, and no one could easily identify. So They were actually pterodactyls. Probably. Oh. Probably. Um, 
they were there were numerous close encounters with a dark nine foot tall beast that some say resembled a bigfoot or sasquatch okay Hmm. their pastures would inevitably light up at night like a football stadium and it seemed like the shafts of light were coming out of the ground so all the separate pastures would just light up inexplicably I know. Sounds like a nice place. This this place is crazy. That's super cool, really. I mean, if you if you want to keep an eye on your cows because of all the (laughs) all the angry impenetrable wolves around, at least there's these pillars of light that you can see things really clearly. They just thought it was a bonus, you know. And at different times than the lights, because I feel like this would kind of maybe explain the lights, but they never were at the same time. Um, The family and their friends say that they heard sounds like heavy machinery operating from under the earth. No. Yep. No. That was all thing. <laughs> Just no. There were also voices. Terry, his son, and his nephew remember hearing a loud disembodied conversation in a language that they couldn't understand. They were male voice- voices, and they spoke in what they called, like, a mocking tone. Mm. Right? Um, and it sounded like they were coming about 20 or more feet above their head. I don't know how you would guesstimate something came 20 feet from above your head. Personally. I don't know. I mean, I, I assume it'd be kind of like guessing that it came from 20 feet to your right if somebody were, like, yelling at you over there. But then it's straight up. That's not a point of reference you often have. No. That's yeah. so weird. Uh, whenever Miss Sherman, the mom, would take a shower, she would emerge from the tub to find that her towel and her personal items had all been removed from the actual bathroom. Like, she'd locked the door, and all of her stuff was outside of the bathroom. So people were just messing with her. This she never regularly open Mm-mm. the door. She would be at home by herself when it happened. What did mm. Mrs. Sherman look like? Is there a possibility that this was uh, a sexy Wendigo? A, a, well, sexy mischief is what I'm going <laughs> oh, Sexy, sexy mischief. Um, on one occasion, she returned from town with a large amount of groceries and other supplies. She put everything away in all the cabinets, you know, the ones that had deadbolts. Right. And walked out of the room for a few minutes, and when she returned, she found all of the supplies spread out all over the kitchen floor. Oh. Mm-hmm. But still, let's stick around this house for a while. Yeah. Longer. Totally fine. Just wait it out. See Not if this goes deal. away. The Sherman's oldest son, uh, one afternoon, decided to stack a one-ton pile of cordwood on the south side of the farmstead, and it took him most of the afternoon to do by himself. He took a 30-minute water break and then returned to find... All of the wood had been moved 100 yards to the north side of the farmhouse within 30 minutes. I'd be pissed. His dad's like, I thought you were going to do this today. He's like, I did. Nope. It's just over there now. It's moved. It's just not moved where you wanted it to be. So they had tools that would disappear. Um, One of their heaviest post hole diggers just vanished. And days later, it showed up in the top of a cottonwood tree. They're probably taking them underneath the earth to make all that noise. Yeah, and then they were like, mm-hmm. and it shot out of a hole and right. went on top of the tree. That's a, that actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, son, have you seen my tractor? No, but I can hear it 30 <laughs> feet underground. <laughs> the tremors have gotten it. <laughs> At one point. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I have seen that one. Okay, good. That movie scared the shit out of me when I was little. I never wanted to walk on the floor. Mm. I had this friend. What was the other option? it's like a giant game of lava yeah like forever um i had this friend growing up and her brother was in high school when we were like in second grade his name was ace he was pretty dreamy um his name was ace Ace. (laughs) with the name ace yes 
And we would go, and I would stay at her house, and his, I mean, like, my parents, her parents were never home. Um, So he would watch us, and he would have us watch the scariest fucking movies at, like, in second grade, and I was like, I'm scarred for life. I don't want to be in a waterbed. Why do you talk like the lion from Wizard of Oz? <laughs> I'm scared for life. Let me at him, let me at him. In second grade, that's how I talked. I had a little bit of a speech impediment. It's not a big deal. Interesting. So obviously Ace had like a mullet and a fake pilot's license, right? Like that's that's what I'm imagining. No, I remember he was blonde, which is a first for yeah, me. Yeah, that's usually yeah. not your Honestly, I know. Um, probably what turned you off to blonde then. Probably. Mm. He broke my heart. Damn you. His name was Ace. You should have seen this coming. His name was Ace. I should have. Actually, my first crush in kindergarten was also blonde. His name was Dusty. His his name is Dusty though. (laughs) He had a denim jacket and a rat tail. Was was there not like a Dave or a John in your life at any given point? (laughs) No, that's not true. There was a John. Oh yeah, I dated a John. Dusty, Ace, Grumpy, Stinky, I don't know. <laughs> I'm from Nevada. What do you want from me? That's fair. There's actually. not many choices there. There, are, Hey, there are plenty of choices. Okay. Sure. Okay. And so my name's Shelby, so I probably just need to shut up yeah. about your past dating life. <laughs> True. Yeah. Calm down, everybody. Okay. So one time, old Terry walked out to check on his herd, right? And he noticed that someone had dug up his pasture. There were hundreds of pounds of soil that had been scooped out of the ground and the edges of the hole resembled perfect concentric circles as if someone had dropped a giant cookie cutter out in the pasture and then just scooped up the dirt straight down. Oh, isn't that weird? Yeah. I'm telling you guys, this is so weird. I enjoyed reading this. So have they said anything like, do you you know any of like their conversations with each other? Like maybe we should leave? Like, are they blaming each other? Like, I'll get to it a little bit. Okay. Later, but there's definitely like one thing that happens that they're like, "Fuck this place, fuck that thing, I'm out of here," and then someone runs in and saves the day. Okay. So, um, I should have kind of mentioned earlier that this area of Utah that we're talking about, where the ranch is, um, UFO sightings are super common there. Um, one of the things that I was reading said that it since the 1950s, it people in the town see them on a regular basis. The town is about 50,000 people, and this Hicks guy that I read some of his reports guesstimates that about 25,000 of these 55 or 50,000 people have actually reported seeing UFO sightings. It's gotten to where like they don't even report them to the police anymore because everybody's just used to it happening. That's crazy. Well, it is crazy. Well, look at there, Agnes. That's out there, Whirly Bird again. <laughs> I guess we'll just let this one go. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's it's kind of commonplace to all of them. So, like, for the Shermans, they're like, wow, this is really weird, but we kind of signed on for this to a certain extent. Yeah. But we're just not, wait. We're not from here. This happened a lot? Yeah? Okay. It's totally normal, you guys. Get your lives together. So, um, they also started seeing crop circles. A couple of different times. But it wasn't until they'd been there for about a year that they started seeing strange things in the sky. At one point, Terry and his nephew saw what they thought was a recreational vehicle just parked out on one of their pastures. And they're like, that's not cool. Let's get these hippies out of here. Meditating. Yep, meditating. (laughs) Like you do. Um, As they got closer, the RV seemed to move back away from them. But it was entirely silent. There was no noise. Like, RVs are kind of loud. Right? Mm-hmm. So as they moved closer, they moved further away. They climbed a fence to get a better look at it, and that's when they knew this was no Winnebago. <laughs> <laughs> the 
craft rose up from the treetops and slowly flew away, making no sound as it departed. None. Huh. No sound. Some good meditation. Yeah. Super good meditation. It just disappeared. Who's your guy? Uh, evidently the nephew, man. So Mrs. Sherman says that something that resembled a stealth fighter but ringed with blinking disco lights disco lights oh. silently hovered about 20 feet above her vehicle and then just flew off making no noise mrs sherman's a crazy bitch if you don't appreciate the dancing setup that i've got for you here and you're just sitting there <laughs> completely still in your car not reacting to my cool ass disco ball stealth fighter i'm just gonna go i'm out yeah i am outy okay so each of the family member had repeated seeing had repeated sightings of a cloud that usually hovered just outside of the property. The cloud was characterized as having blinking Christmas tree lights or silent mini explosions. That's what it says. Okay. Um, among the other aerial crafts seen by them, their neighbors and other witnesses were had seen classic flying saucers, flying sombreros, shafts of light similar to fluorescent light bulbs so flying sombrero is a mexican ufo i'm guessing <laughs> yes <laughs> obviously I, I think it's the ones with the little bump on the top of them you know what i mean like the flying but that's saucer what i think of as bump. classic oh, does right. it drop right? off tacos no I, i'm That'd sure fantastic <laughs> it's basically it's basically just a pinata with a bunch of lights on it. that's what we're dealing with here hmm. no I, I think the classic flying saucer is just like the regular i mean literally it's just like two plates stacked on top of each other okay Okay, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, the flying yeah. sombrero is like the one that everybody thinks of when they think of like UFOs. Or like the Jetsons. Oh, okay. That makes Me, sense. Yeah, actually Jetson. just like, a lot like the Jetsons. His That's a good boy, reference. Elroy. <laughs> His wife, Jane. Daughter, but, Judy. Da, 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 da. No. Jennifer has Jennifer no has idea, idea what, we're what the Jetsons about. are. I mean, I know who the Jetsons are. And that bitchy but, ass robot. Fucking robot. But and I that don't dog. I've ever Astro? seen it. Astro? Uh, Ruh-roh. Okay. So, what was the maid's name? Uh, Rosie. Rosie, yeah. Yeah, she was weird. That made no, me she uncomfortable. Was awful. She was a jerk, man. <sighs> also, why would you name your boy Elroy? Because in the 50s, that's what they did. I don't think that they did. I don't feel like Elroy was a name in the 50s. Yeah. Elron was. Elron Hubbard. Lord Elron. You're true. You're the rings. I get one in every episode. <laughs> Just stop. I've been missing Gary Busey lately, so I need to get back. You on need to get back on it. Yeah, sorry. Okay. So the most common object that everyone witnessed were these floating spheres, and they were all different sizes and colors. In 1995 and 96, the Shermans and others reported 12 separate incidents of seeing large orange circles flying over the trees at the center homestead. So the creepiest thing about that is that when they would see these holes right they would just open up and other little smaller spheres would come out of these bigger holes like wormholes you guys that's what it's implicating sounds like this ufo is taking a dump (laughs) why does everything have to go there for you i mean it's giving birth i mean it's largely the same process but still yeah yeah it's super similar so this is a boa UFO. What? <laughs> Just stop. The one that gives live birth. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yes. Okay, cool. Me and Shelby got it. So, <laughs> um, Mr. and Mrs. Sherman say that in April of 1996, they watched one of the blue orbs repeatedly circle the head of one of their horses. 
The horse was illuminated by a blue intense light. There was a sound like a sound like static electricity in the air. But they said it was not ball lightning because the orb seemed to be controlled in some way. Like it wasn't moving randomly. It was like literally fucking with this horse, right? So when Mr. Sherman approached the horse with a flashlight, the orb darted off. It maneuvered through some tree branches and then it was gone. Okay. So was the horse just cool with it? or was No, it... the horse was really stressed out. Oh, okay. Like, I... their animals were tormented this entire time. It was really sad. They wanted to leave. The, their people just didn't want to leave. Yeah, which yeah, Which is right. very unfortunate. Mr. Ed told them, like, hey, we're stressed out in the pasture. Yeah. We don't want to be here anymore. I, yeah. I'm Mr. Ed, and I speak for the livestock. Yeah. <laughs> so this last story made me really super sad. And I'm going to say that, um, like, Terry at this point after the story happened was done. Like, he was absolutely done. But I wanted to kind of group all the sightings and stuff together. So, just mm-hmm. so we all are aware. Okay. All right. You ready? This is kind of sad. I'm going to make fun sad. of it so we can laugh about it. Okay. So, one evening in May of 1996, Terry was outside with three of his favorite cattle dogs, which you know how those are, like, dear to my heart. Are they going to kill the cattle dog? When he noticed, noticed a blue orb darting around in a field near the ranch. The dog started chasing the orb, but it dodged and maneuvered and kept, like, just out of their reach, right? Like, almost seemed to be luring them further and further out, Mm -hmm. away from the house. So, the ball led the dogs out across the pasture and into some thick brush that borders the edge of one of their fields. Terry's like, ooh, I'm not following this. This is horrible. So, he's yelling for the dogs, hoping that they come back, right? And he hears them make three terrible yelps, and then everything was silent. Like, there was not a sound on that ranch. So he called for them, called for them. They didn't respond, and they never came back to the house that night. The next morning, he goes out to look for the dogs because he's not going out after dark. He's not that dumb. There have been giant wolves, whatever. Right. Uh, what he found were three round spots of dried and brittle vegetation. And in the middle of each circle, there was a black, greasy lump. Mm. The dogs were never seen again. No. Except All three of them? Lump mm-hmm. form, presumably. He had more than three dogs. But they were, like, his three favorite dogs. So, isn't that sad? That is sad. Chance, Shadow, and... Sassy. 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 Um, So, after this, the sightings of the blue spheres were happening all the time. Like, it's almost like that kind of gave it, like, haha, suck it, nerds. I'm going to come around your house whenever I want, right? And they started to have more of, like, a psychological effect on the family, which makes sense, considering they just combusted three of their dogs, um, but several family mem- members felt severe anxiety and fear, and they were to the point that they started having full-blown panic attacks whenever the blue orbs would show up. So. What if they the just, what if the aliens adopted the dogs and then left greasy lumps in their place? Because that's what they Ooh. have for pets on their planet. I'm, yes. I don't think the dogs died. Doesn't Let's that sound just nice? say, They're probably immortal now. That the dogs are probably immortal because they got kidnapped onto a spacecraft and traded for black greasy lumps, which the guy just refused to take care of. So just <laughs> he buried them. Yeah, heartless like, bastard. Exactly. Grow these suckers. Like, dude, we left you these super sweet lumps. Your dogs are fine. Uh, are you guys ready for some animal mutilations? Nope. No. They did. Those you dogs don't, you're are not ready dead. for more animal mutilations? No, adi- no. additional animal mutilation, Adi- Michael. Additional. Yeah, uh, we're we're not done there yet. Because yeah, we've got we've got pages. No. Pages of animal mutilations. 
I love animals. I do too. I know, remember the first episode we said Stockton was saying that you love torturing animals. I don't love torturing animals. This is where animals. it comes out, guys. So I just think it's like they animal mutilation happens all over the country. It doesn't even just happen in America. It's everywhere, and it's all kind of done. You always see the exact same things over and over again, and I, I just think it's like, really weird. I feel you don't like think we're that's about weird? to have some Sarah McLaughlin music in the background. <laughs> no. Don't make me cry. Okay. You ready? You ready yeah, for this? I guess so. All right. You mean to hold your hand? No. Are you sure? I'm oh. sick. You shouldn't hold my hand. Even though you gave it to me, I know you did. It's Shelby's fault we snuggle on this love seat. That's valid. My bad. Okay. So, like I said, cattle mutilations have been reported throughout North America for several decades. I think the earliest ones that they have, I mean, cattle rustlers even, to a certain extent, would mutilate cattle. So... In most cases, what we consider animal mutilation, the ears, eyes, udders, and sex organs are removed with surgical precision. Think like Jack the Ripper, but on cows. No. But it's, also yep. all, it's also all the soft tissues. I mean. Yeah. So the Sherman's cattle were subjected okay, so the Sherman's to. the animals were subjected to all, all three. of those things. Right? One cow was found dead in a field, and a strange hole had been cut into one of its eyeballs. There were no tracks around it, and there were no blood. What? In the eyeball, just a random little hole. A round, crisp hole, like a motherfucking laser through the eyeball. Yep. Accurate. Other cattle were carved up like people had used pinking shears. Mm. Can you explain to me what pinking shears are exactly? So pinking shears are the kind that they're a little bit thicker, they're a little bit heavier, and instead of having straight parts on the scissors mm-hmm. right the sharp part there's a bunch of little ones and they go like a zigzag like a chaw a okay. saw <laughs> like a saw like a chaw. Well, you're gonna put a chaw in your mouth <laughs> yeah a chaw. like a saw and they make like like a little zigzaggy pattern when you cut it now are those used for cutting skin then or what's no the... they're normally used in like fabric Oh, so it was a craft project like a then. Craft yeah, someone's making a scrapbook out of his cow bits. Uh, gross. An intergalactic scrapbook. It's just making a rug for a right. spaceship. Right. Like, wipe your feet off when you come in on the cow's hide. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Maybe they'd just gotten happy days and they wanted to look more like Fonzie, but they couldn't find leather in their, in their solar system, so they'd come here for it. For yeah. leather and cut it with yeah. Pinking shears. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Terry Sherman was a huge hunter and he'd been branching his whole life. So he's familiar with the damage that like a mountain lion or a pack of coyotes or something could do to an animal. And he said there was absolutely no way that this damage had been done by any of those things. He's never seen anything like it in his whole life. Right? Their other animals also suffered. His favorite horse had its legs slashed in the middle of the night, and it looked by like it was done by sharp instruments. Okay. Mm-hmm. The dogs, obviously, were really paranoid. The ones that weren't burned to a crisp stayed inside their dog houses for days at a time and would too, were too fearful to even come out for food. I wouldn't come out. Did you see what happened to Shadow? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I don't want that happening to me. Uh, Six of the family's barn cats disappeared in one night. It's probably like, get the fuck out of here. I would have went too. (laughs) Mr. Head got them all together. It's like, guys, we need to beat it. Cats, go. Take our message. Undercover of darkness. (laughs) 
And then they're cats, so they're dicks, and they didn't come back. They never came right. back. Right, of course. Yeah. All right. Uh, one morning, Terry noticed that one of his cows was missing from the field. There'd been a snowfall, so he wasn't too worried about following it out and figuring out where it went, right? Uh, he saw the hoof prints lead into the field, but then the track suddenly stopped. And it was almost as if the animal had been plucked from the sky. There was n- He never saw this cow again. No blood. No other tracks. Gown. I mean, after all the other cattle mutilation disappearance issues, you'd think you see a cow go missing, you're like, I should probably check into this, because <laughs> this seems to be a problem around here. This happens. Like, listen, guys, we're losing money at this point. Right. Yeah. Well, you would think that, too. It's like, it's not only that, guys, like, things are happening, but, like, you, your livestock is being mutilated. Right. Why don't you fucking just leave? So... Here's the thing, too, is that the Sherman family, like, when you think of cattle farmers, you think of a, a ton of cows, right? A bunch of head of cattle. Um, the Sherman family actually specialized in um, artificial insemination, so they didn't keep a lot of head at the house. They kept some really, really fancy bulls with great semen, and then they had some other cows that they would impregnate, or they would sell the semen, right? Mm-hmm. It's called a bull test station. I know this. From the ranch. I know this from my father-in-law. From, like, her real life. <laughs> but it's like... Well, um, I didn't grow up on a farm. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. Um, at the end of everything, they actually lost 14 of their cattle out of their 80 total that they had on their farm in one summer. That's ridiculous. That's insane. Do you want to hear the worst cow? The worst one? I haven't even told you the worst one yet. Yeah. No. Yes. Okay, let's vote. Stockton says yes. Yep. Jennifer says no. I mean, I'll listen to it. Am I happy about it? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Shelby, where do you come down on this? It doesn't matter. Jennifer just said yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So here's the worst one. Ready? So a cow was found mutilated just five minutes after the sun had checked on it. In that five-minute time frame, something had cut a hole six inches wide and 18 inches deep in the animal's rectum. The cord-out section extended into the cow's body cavity, but there was no blood on the cow or no blood on the snow-covered ground. So there was a big fucking section of its <laughs> anus just, like, open? It was It was like they took one of those apple cores. Uh, like, a, like a big one, though. I'm sorry. Like, it's not funny. I am not laughing at this poor cow and how it was, you I'm know, just cored saying, like an this apple. This cow probably just took a big poop. Uh, the biggest shit of its life. Also, then the, and the last the, one, their anus yeah. would come out. It's called prolapsing. Oh yeah, it wouldn't be cored in from a poop. I'm I'm still just curious what sort of research these aliens are doing at this point because I don't everything know. else. <laughs> right. I, I want to believe this is scholarly, but at this point, it does not seem scholarly. Shelley, yeah. it's a core sample. It's very important. It's exactly science. a core sample. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's figure out what the physical makeup of these things is. Even though we've already sheared several of them open and had our had our fair chance, we've got this whole one over here that never came back to the ranch That's fine. that we could have taken the asshole out of. But no, let's go get another <laughs> asshole from a different cow. Everybody's a little bit of a different asshole. Yeah, I think we can all attest to that. How many cow assholes do, does one person need? Not that many. You're damn right they don't. They don't. Okay. <laughs> so like I said before, uh, the Sherman family specialized in, our, in our artificial insemination. So they had some really fancy bulls. Like, nice, nice bulls. Nice. Right? Very nice. <laughs> so, one afternoon, Terry and Gwen went to town for some supplies. 
and as they passed the corral that contained their nicest bulls, they commented to each other that they would be completely fucked if something happened to even one of those bulls. Direct quote. Why did they say that? Completely fucked is a direct quote. Uh, That is not a direct quote. It's not. It doesn't even say that on my paper, you guys. Okay. So when they returned to the the ranch, less than an hour later, all four of the bulls that had been in the corral were gone. See, that's why they shouldn't have said anything. Yep. The aliens were like, hey, let's go get them now. Yeah, so this will totally fuck up their lives. Those bulls have some real primo assholes. We need to get down yeah. there stat. <laughs> They've got good really? assholes and they got good semen. Let's get those. <laughs> so they began looking for these giant bulls, but they couldn't find any trace of them. There were no footprints. There was no blood. Which, no, no surprise at that point. Let's yeah. be real. So as a last resort... Terry decided to take a little sneaky peek into a metal trailer that sat right outside of the corral where the bulls had been. Um, he thought it was super unlikely that the bulls could be inside because, one, it was too small to hold all four bulls. Two, it was outside of the corral, and there was only one door into the trailer, and it was secured with thick metal wire. And the wire had very obviously not been moved. I think at one point they say that there, were, there, was, actually codwe- there was actually cobwebs on the wire. So, mm-hmm. like, the door hadn't been opened or anything, yeah. right? So, so this isn't a stock trailer. This has to be, like, a shipping container it's, or something, right? I, I mean, So, when I think a stock trailer, it's, like, a small one. Like, maybe you'd take one or two show cows to a show. Well, and we, we had one at the farm that you could get, I mean, 18, 20 in probably. But at the same time, it had, like, open slats down the side where yeah. you could see inside of it. So, what I'm imagining is, like, it's a, gotta be a, a ship, con of, yeah, like, a cargo holding trailer yeah. of some sort or it, like a horse hauler maybe horse maybe. hauler maybe horse hauler maybe um okay so it looks inside and all four of the bulls are inside of the trailer they are wedged in there like sardines they can't even move right uh he yelled to his wife that he'd found them and the bulls seemed to just like wake up because they started just kicking the crap out of the trailer out of themselves like the door got kicked off like they had just been completely just stone still in this trailer up until that point. He didn't even know how they could have gotten in there. It was real weird. Aliens, obviously. Aliens, obviously. Um, I just, I just like the don't touch me bro aspect of it. It's like, oh crap, he's here. <laughs> hey, get off me, man. Um, so he said it really felt like someone had overheard them worrying about their bulls and then purposefully decided to mess with them. Right. I mean, that's a pretty good diagnosis at that pretty point, Pretty much, yeah. So, by the middle of 1996, they had moved in in, in, ni- moved in, in 1994, keep in mind. They'd been there a total of, I think, I think 18 total months before they saw the ranch. Um, the family was absolutely done. Friends of Terry Sherman say that he blamed himself for the weird string of events that had ruined his ranching, ranching operation. He really didn't want to give up, but he genuinely felt like his family was cursed at this point. So, for the sake of the reporter, or sake of his family, he told parts of the story to a news reporter. And it was so crazy that they ran it in a newspaper in Salt Lake City, and then AP Wire picked it up. So, it was kind of everywhere. Um, AP Wire sent some people out to take photographs for an actual bigger story, and it was all over the U.S. So, that is exactly how Bob Bigelow first heard about the ranch. And I'm actually going to stop there because things only get crazier after. And we've been talking for a long time. 
Ooh. Oh my god. I know. How crazy. does it get crazier after that? It gets You'll crazy. Have to stay tuned. There may be a velociraptor. There are so what? many more assholes coming out right now. <laughs> so many. So many. All right, perfect. Well, guys, sorry to uh, leave you in suspense. You'll have to tune in next week. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, or concerns, as always, let us know on social media. Our email address is queencitycreeps at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye.